Hello, people. How are you? This is old Joseph here. And before we begin the program today, I just want to do a few little housekeeping things that I want to make you aware of. Um, As I say in this show, there is a lot of wonderful things that we cover. Um, But this is not a how-to, step-by-step thing to uh, mentorship um, or discipleship or anything like that. And so this is just our thoughts of of what we think, uh, what we have viewed. And so um, if you have any insight or anything that you would love to add that you think that we missed or something that the Lord is leading you to, that you think that, hey, this, this is something that the Lord is teaching me with mentorship and discipleship. We would love to hear that. Um, and, and if you are reaching out and you're like, you know, that discipleship, that sounds so good. I wish that I was in a discipleship or I wish that I was in mentorship. Um, also, do not hesitate to reach out. Um, you know, we grow in community. And so um, I would love to help you. And if I don't know the resources, I know some wonderful, wonderful people that have some resources um, that can help you out. And so um, there's a couple ways that you can go about this. Um, You can text the number 859-797-5715 or you can text or find us on social media Bro Cephas and Friends. Uh, you'll find me on Facebook uh, and Instagram. That's a, a really good way to reach out as well. Instagram more so than Facebook. Um, but yeah, we love to hear from you. And I um, also want to share this. If you, uh, one resource right off, if you feel like, you know, hey, I'm a college student or I'm getting ready to graduate and I really want to increase my faith and be in a mentorship and a discipleship program. Uh, But I don't really know where to go because um, I'm not in high school and I'm not an old adult. Where do I go? And so um, just a wonderful place is uh, something that I found is uh, UKCSF. Um, I've talked about a lot on the podcast and it is it is truly a wonderful place and so uh, we love to have you um, every Thursday night we have worship night um, at 8 p.m. Um, 7 o'clock dinner I don't know if that's every time but definitely 8 o'clock worship and we have a holy hoop nanny and it's just a wonderful time and then um, Monday nights, if you're a freshman, we have a freshman thing that always meets. Um, they have a home-cooked meal, and you're probably hearing a car go by. Uh, but they have a home-cooked meal, then they have um, teaching time, and then they have a, a small groups time. And also they have a men's ministry that meets on Tuesday nights, uh, starts at 4.30, hangout time. 5 is dinner time. They have provide a meal. And then 6.30 is when we do group time. 6 or 6.30. Something like that. Um, if you want more information about UKCSF, um, you can find them at UKCSF on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all that good stuff. And so that's another wonderful way. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, just some resources here. Uh, you know, like I said, we grow in community and we are better together. And um, just some things that I would like to share. And so with that, this plane is going to go by. But also, we're going to start the show. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, 
enjoy the show. And welcome to another episode of Brocephus and Friends. I'm your host, Brocephus, and this week we have someone that has been on the show before. Troy, it's good to have you today. Good to be back. And, you know, it's interesting. The last time we talked to you on on the show, you were, uh, you were uh, a lot lighter than you are now. <laughs> Talk a little bit about that. Uh, well, I, I haven't gained a lot of weight. That's not, <laughs> but uh, I have gained two more kids. Uh, yes. I've had a, a set. Of, well, I haven't. My wife had twins, and so went from having two kids to now having four kids, and it's been a lot of fun and tiring, but good nonetheless. Yes, Jesus, thank you, and and. Um, there's no really segue into that, but we're but today I'm excited. This is a topic that I do not take lightly. Uh, this is something that is so important, and and it's interesting. I was looking up, trying to prepare for this, on different podcasts, and I hardly saw anything about discipleship, mentorship, and I was I was very surprised. And so, um, what do you think? mentorship leadership mentorship is well uh, yeah I would agree that mentoring and having a person in your life that is helping to disciple you is is crucial and important to developing a deeper faith developing just a, a closer relationship with God. And, and I think when it comes to discipling or what we often refer to as discipleship uh, is, or why it's important is because, um, or sorry, you asked <laughs> what it is. It's essentially someone coming alongside and walking with and, uh, but also there's a, a certain level of leading and a certain level of, encouragement and support and helping you get further and faster and uh, a leader or disciple maker will help do that and so uh, it's very relational and it's very practical um it there's a lot to disciple making and so uh, simply it's someone coming alongside of you but there's a lot that goes into that and there's a lot of ways to do that, mm-hmm. but I think one thing that we has is needed. Of course, you know Rob. He says every week. There are many types of of um, you know walking beside you. I think of Rob. He says that every week we this is our spiritual workout. Mm-hmm. But I think something that is so important as well is the the one-on-one type of of mentorship and sometimes the the small groups because i can think of several times when you know having a big group some people tend to not talk Mm -hmm. but when you get someone by themselves or you get in a small group Mm -hmm. they'll just talk your ears off right yeah jesus kind of exemplified this in his teaching and the way that he discipled people. He had crowds that he would speak to, and uh, but he also had 12. But then he also had three, and he also had one. Uh, the, the, there's certain levels of discipling and mentorship that he used um, is a good example for all of us. Is you know, there's there's could be groups of people that we can minister and, and disciple, but then there's maybe a closer group of friends, and then there's maybe the one or two that you really invest in and really develop. And again, Jesus was a, a good example of that in the way that he led and, and discipled his people. Um, my, they tell me my, group, my age group is between the ages of, the majority of people that listen are the ages between 18 and I think then moving up to I think about 25 um, for those who are saying okay you know I'm just in college 
or I'm just getting out of college. And uh, how can I, and I feel like God has given me this gift of mentorship. How can I use that? Where, what are some resources and, and what are some places that I can go to to uh, use that gift in? Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, I think we're all really called, if you're a Christ follower, we're all really called to this to some degree of developing and leading and pouring into other people and uh, this disciple-making process. And so um, where you can go to that, as a youth worker, as a youth pastor, I'd say go to your local church. You know, youth ministry is a, especially for an 18 to 25-year-old, you know, those are the, um, your as an 18 and 25 year old, you're a step or two beyond where uh, a middle school or a high school student is. And so as a mentor, you're, you're set up in a, a prime stage of life to really pour and to develop and help lead that next generation into their next phase of life. And so uh, that's one place to start is, is your local church, but there's also just your friend group. You know, those are also uh, the people that you can pour into. They don't necessarily have to be younger than you. Um, sometimes people are just younger in their faith. You know, maybe you've got a friend or two that's just decided to follow Jesus a year or two ago, but you've been following Jesus for five, ten years. And so in some ways you're farther along, you have more experience in your faith. And so there's people even within your friend group that you're able to develop and pour into and walk alongside. And so uh, those are some of the areas where I would look first, uh, and and then as far as resources go, I think there there is a certain amount of of resource, but I think primarily where a good place to start is just scripture and the Bible, and using that as a way to uh, connect and to start the conversation with people um, about. Christ. And so uh, maybe running through one of the Gospels or reading through one of the Gospels with a friend or, or mentor or mentee. Um, I think the Bible app is a good resource. There's a lot of um, Bible studies on there that are fairly simple and a good starting place and something that you can do together but on your own. And so uh, if you've got a, a mentee that is especially if they're younger maybe and on their phone already the bible app has thousands of resources on there that you can uh, do together and so those are some of the places i would start with um at least uh in figuring out what to study or what to go through together yeah that's so good and um you know moving into you know people think um with mentor, it's gotta be serious all the time, and mm-hmm. we gotta do this and this. But sometimes I think even starting out, or even sometimes one conver- or two or three conversations, just don't even. I mean, don't even talk about uh, the Bible. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess yeah. Don't even talk about the Bible. Just talk about life stuff, and and I think investing in that way, starting out, or even. Uh, just even throughout throughout your mentorship with them is a very important place to be as well. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up because it is crucial to just share life with people. And so a lot of times that could start off with playing frisbee golf mm-hmm. or uh, just going out to eat, grabbing coffee, whatever that might be, where it's just a relational connection. Um, there, there are formal aspects of discipleship, but there's also informal aspects of discipleship where formal in that you are going to go through a book or a Bible study or whatever together and it's intentional and you want to make sure that you're both investing intentionally in that relationship. Um, But there's also the informal of let's just grow together and, and talk about life and, and have fun and connect on a, on a relational level. And so you can, there's people in your life that are just teachers and uh, they can have an impact on you, but it's the people that you connect with that are really gonna help transform and um, impact your life in a way that uh, someone who's just giving you knowledge 
won't be able to. So, yeah, that's a good point. Absolutely, with connecting outside of even just a Bible study or whatever that might be. Another thought that just popped into my brain here is that about this is that we talk about love as this big grand thing, and it is. I mean, you know, Christ died, and love is is one of the. He did this for us, but I think, um, you know, sometimes love is boring. Sometimes love is is just like you said, going out and having a cup of coffee, and sometimes uh, I I have trying to do this when conversation is not going you tend to feel the conversation Mm -hmm. but I think sometimes just sitting in silence Mm -hmm. and just sort of I think that is I think that is part of that too Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely the uh, Henry now and uh he write a he wrote about this one time and I've connected to it so deeply of he just had a mentee that one time they just literally just sat at like a park or something there was just silent and but that the connection there where you don't have to be someone with that person you don't have to fill the gap you don't have to um pretend you know if if you're if you have a lot on your mind or if it's um uh or or just you don't want to talk about anything (laughs) or you have nothing on your mind uh there's the opportunity there where you can just be and I think about this with my brother. We love to go fishing in the summertime, and we'll be on the boat for an hour or two, and we don't talk. And but we are connected. You know, it's it's this opportunity where we can just be ourselves, and there's no pressure. And so that's definitely a, an aspect of connection. Yes, that is so good, and um, because I think we. Um, we talk all the time, mm-hmm. and um, and being able to do that because um, you know I I lost where I was going, but <laughs> that's all right. But so you know, sort of moving into um, a different place is you know how can you? We sort of talked about this, um, but. Um, when you talk about older people mm-hmm. um, and and ba- being immature in their faith um, well not older people but but how would that be because I think of people like Justin Linsizen and and myself a little bit of okay we we connect with the older people of who the the uh, blue hairs in mm-hmm. the church mm-hmm. and and sometimes they are not, uh, they are some, I mean, we're all human. And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of people out there who may have not heard the gospel or, and they're older. Mm-hmm. How can we do that with people who are, you know, senior citizens who we feel like we've got a gift mm-hmm. to, to reach them? Mm-hmm. How can we impact them? That's good. I, I I think it's probably pretty similar as you would with anyone else. You know, I think it, it would be more on your end of being confident in, in who you are and who God has called you to be. And uh, the, the relationship's going to look a little bit different. The It's not going to be necessarily going... <laughs> going and, and going to for a workout or something. You know, older people aren't gonna be able to do some of the things that younger people do. But the conversation uh, is still gonna be similar, pointing people to Christ and, and uh, asking questions and listening and, and developing a relationship uh, with them. Um, I think it might be a little bit more of going onto their turf or going into their space as opposed to with younger people, maybe you invite them to come follow you or, or come to where you are. Uh, if you're if you're discipling someone that's maybe a little bit older, it, it would be maybe, probably be going to where they are and and having conversations and, and listening. And even though you may be further along spiritually or or have a, a deeper dis, or a, maybe a deeper connection with God, uh, they still have a lot of experience and still 
deserve a lot of respect and should be listened to and still have a lot of wisdom outside of uh, a a spiritual wisdom. And so listening would probably be a good place to to begin with, with those those people. With, so we talked, you mentioned about uh, younger, people who are younger in their faith. Mm -hmm. Um, How can people who are being the mentee in this, Mm-hmm. in this relationship and how can they discern the truth of okay so you know because it will happen to everybody mm-hmm. you know you you say truth and then you say gaga mm-hmm. and so how can as someone who is trying to soak this in how can we dis, how can they discern what is truth and what is just something that they made up Right. I think some of that starts on a little bit on the front end of going to someone you trust, you know, and so doing a little bit of research kind of of like, is this someone that has a little bit of a history of maybe mentoring someone else or uh, do they are they trusted by someone that I know has experience, you know, uh, that's where. A youth group is helpful because they've kind of gone through a little bit of a process uh, and so trusting in in the leadership there uh, can be helpful but it, there's still opportunities there where you know people aren't necessarily uh, speaking the truth or know the truth or um, it, sometimes it's just unintentional and so yeah. uh, the you know that the Christian answer the the biblical or the <laughs> Sunday school answers just turn to the Bible. You know, you also have some responsibility to uh, kind of fact check a little bit of what's being said. And for a, a Christian or a Christ follower, our ultimate resource is the Bible. And so that's where we turn to. Um, but for a new believer, that can be challenging. You know, where do you begin? And so that's why I recommend primarily go to someone you trust go to someone who has experience and who other people trust uh, to, to lead and um, to, to mentor you um, so that that's a good place to start next is the bible and then third would be does someone else you know back that up mm-hmm. you know maybe there's a backup person that you can bounce things off of but, hey my mentor told me this what do you think um so that way you're not just getting all of your information from just one person. Yeah. And I think it's important uh, to, to one of the greatest compliments I've ever gotten was from you when you said, uh, when you told me one time, you said, Joseph, uh, uh, let me see how to phrase this. Um, you said that I have grown in my faith or you've challenged me and, and asked have made me think about questions before. I think that is a, with a relationship like it, with a mentor, it is a two-way street. Mm-hmm. And because we are, we're all growing mm-hmm. together. And so when a, it is, it is important that the mentor is getting something out of it mm-hmm. as well as the mentee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even just this conversation, you asking the questions today, you know, it's been really challenging for me, or not challenging, but sparking some excitement in me of like, okay, what what do I believe about mentors and disciple makers, and how can I use what I do know to help other people and to um, encourage them in their faith? And so I think as a mentee, your primary responsibility is to ask good questions and to come prepared with good questions to ask a mentor and so if if you're in a relationship with a a mentor the most valuable thing you can come to that mentor with is just questions and when you come with questions you show that you're prepared that you value that relationship and that you honor them and what they know and so uh, that's what you bring as a mentee is is questions and along the way you get to share a little bit of what you know too and that's helpful and the mentor is going to learn from that as well but uh, a mentor 
can thrive or can find some purpose when they are prodded and asked good questions. So I think absolutely the mentor-mentee relationship is mutually beneficial. This is just a side note, but I, mm-hmm. I remember, I, I don't know why, because I, I had forgotten it for years, but I think three, two or three weeks ago, I remembered again, but uh, I remember me and you were sitting at a restaurant, mm-hmm. probably about, oh gosh, five or six years ago, mm-hmm. and we were just talking, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then um, uh, we were sitting, and then someone was over here, mm-hmm. a, a dude, and he, um, he, he heard that we were talking about Jesus, and evidently knew that you must have known that you were a pastor of some sort. And uh, we were, we were, and he came over and said, "Hey, what's going on here?" Mm-hmm. And I started asking questions, and was like, "You know, I, I don't remember all of it, and I don't remember, but I remember he was just asking good questions, and mm-hmm. and I think that's important that it's." Pouring out, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know. I think about people. This is just rabbit trail, but I think about people who pray in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Their influence, mm-hmm. their their what they're doing mm-hmm. is, uh, and they're not doing it because of that. Mm-hmm. They're just doing it because they that's what they believe is true. Yeah. But the outpour of that will affect people around you, and that I I remember that because I thought our our conversations mm-hmm. uh, that we have ours but then in a mentor mentee relationship will outpour mm-hmm. um, over uh, a lot of people right yeah hopefully you know one of the hard parts about a discipling relationship but a crucial part is hopefully your mentee is making mentees <laughs> like your your the disciples are making disciples that yeah, are making disciples and so it becomes a replicating type of ministry and multiplying ministry and so uh, if it is in public that's that's beneficial but also just it, it's a it's a way to uh, uh, expand and exponentially grow the kingdom so yeah that's a good point um i th- i think it is important to have you know one-on-one we mm-hmm. talked a lot about that one-on-one mm-hmm. um can you have could you have more than one mm-hmm. uh mentor mentee relationship going on at the same time mm-hmm. because i thought I, th- I think about that um I mean, not me personally, but I think about that a lot as far as you're having four or five different people. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you balance that or is that? It depends on who you are, honestly, and the season of life you're in. Because discipling is a process and yeah. it takes time and uh, it does take intentionality. And, and, you know, I'm in a little bit of a season right now where I'm pretty busy or like I just don't have as much time to invest in five or six different relationships one-on-one outside of what I'm normally doing. Um, and so it just kind of depends, but I, I think it is possible. I think uh, those relationships, um, it, it just depends on the person. But I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier with kind of this idea, and it's a concept that I appreciate. And I think I got it from a guy named Doug Fields, a youth ministry guru, but he says, kind of have five people that you're close with and then three people that you're a little bit more intentional with and then one person that's like you're you're one-on-one and so I think that that's kind of a good way of looking at it so you've got about five people that you're investing in uh but one is very intentional one is a little bit more uh in depth takes more time and and a lot of that is based on just if you connect with them. You know, there's some people that you just don't have as good of a connection with, and that's fine. And so you just find the people that you connect with well and that you feel is a valuable relationship and really invest in that one person. Um, and sometimes 
if you're a little bit younger or whatever, the, that those three people might be your good friends or like people that you can be accountability partners with or just do a Bible study with. Um, and then the five is kind of those one or two extra people that uh, you do pray for occasionally or you ask, you know, hey, what's going on? Maybe they're in your small group. Um, you connect on a weekly basis or whatever, but don't really connect outside of yeah. small group. And so I think it, it is just being intentional with who you are talking with um, about God. And so uh, I think there isn't a limit necessarily, but we all do have a certain capacity in different season of lives for those types of relationships. Yeah. And as soon as you feel like you're starting to slack or whatever in a relationship, if you're missing appointments or times when you're supposed to hang out, uh, then maybe that's a good sign that maybe you should cut back a little bit on some of those relationships and really focus on the few that you can uh, invest in the most. Um, sort of moving on into a group setting, mm-hmm. um, you know, when I think about a small group, um, whether that be in mixed company mm-hmm. or or whether that be guys and mm-hmm. then girls, as a as a leader and as a mentor, how can we facilitate conversation mm-hmm. and and make sure that the it it flows and that mm-hmm. um, it it can it goes well, not smoothly but mm-hmm. it just it just flows. Yeah. That can be a challenge depending on the group, um, and so the the facilitator does have uh, a certain responsibility to help make sure that the conversation uh, does flow. And a lot of that starts with asking good questions, um, breaking the ice. Sometimes you don't want to dive right into with your first question being, "So what's the meaning of life?" Because <laughs> um, you're gonna get that's a deep question, and yeah. it's gonna you know, uh, stall the conversation before it even gets started. And so being able to start off and maybe build up to some of the harder conversations and uh, depending on the group, you know, being vulnerable as the leader, being honest and uh, open as the leader can help other people be open and honest. And, And when people are being open and honest, that's when good conversation really takes place. And so, um, and setting that, that example or expectation within that group of, hey, this is this is not just like, we're just here to talk about the Bible or like we're not, yeah. it, it, it's yeah. deeper. We want to have conversation. Setting the expectation that like, if you're gonna be here, be here and be present and be open and your opinion matters. And so uh, setting that expectation within that group of let's help each other. Um, let's let's contribute um, as a group, and so those are some of the things I would I would encourage. You know, ask good open ended questions, and often starting with a, some sort of easy icebreaker question. Um, have engaging study, whatever you're studying, make sure that that's pretty good and engaging, and then being open and honest and setting good expectations for the group ahead of time. I'll never forget, and I, I, Zach says, you'll never forget it really, forever. <laughs> but this is something I probably truly will never forget. But it was IYC 2018, and I think that was Indiana. Uh, you were there, mm-hmm. so I think it was. And, um, but it was, it was just, um, it was just the guys. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's important, mm-hmm. to, we'll right. talk about that a little bit. Later, but I think, but it was just uh, the guys in in our group, and I don't know what the conversation was really, but or who st- I mean st- who started it, but something something was said in the room mm-hmm. from someone, mm-hmm. <laughs> not very specific, but mm-hmm. it, but uh, something was said, and then I rem- then just around the room, mm-hmm. each one was talking about what they were going through and and mm-hmm. some t- and it was all, a lot of it was t- uh together mm-hmm. uh, okay I'm going through this same thing mm-hmm. and hey this is this is the same thing I'm going through mm-hmm. that is important mm-hmm. cuz you know the conversation will take care of itself mm-hmm. 
And uh, when you do that, when you have a good facilitator and you ask a good question, then the room will open up mm-hmm. and one person will say something and and then you can go and have, you know, if there's something else you need to talk about, then one-on-one mm-hmm. is is important as well. But that that was something that I thought was powerful because I had never seen that mm-hmm. before. As you see that on TV all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. But I had never seen that in person of, okay, someone opened up and the whole room mm-hmm. opened up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Feel weird bringing this into the conversation a little bit, but the whole Me Too movement, this idea of like, when you've gone through something and you communicate that, chances are someone else has gone through that or is going through that. And so just knowing you're not alone breaks down some barriers and walls in your, within what you talk about. And um, so, yeah, it, it, being vulnerable and open and revealing, you know, I've, I've shared this quite a bit, but and it's pretty common, but revealing helps you heal. And, and so um, keeping things in the darkness is, is not good. And so having that opportunity to do that within a small group is one of the bigger benefits or most important aspects of a small group or discipleship relationship is able to reveal and confess and pursue healing and be challenged uh, to, to change and so yeah one thing that I've thought about and I won't and is how can we um, balance because mm-hmm. sometimes I mean this I'm young in my faith I had done this and you just spilled everything you, it's just mm-hmm. like vomit you just spill mm-hmm. out everything you got mm-hmm. how can we ba- how do you balance mm-hmm. This idea of okay, because you don't want to. I don't want to say that you say something and then you you just. But how do you balance not spilling all the details, and because you don't want to be too vague. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes it's kind of like okay, (laughs) whoa, that's it's a little too far. Yeah, I think as a mentee, I would encourage you to say that there's really not a limit necessarily I feel like if as as detailed or as specific as you want to be as a mentee feel free to share that with your mentor that's that's up to you that's your choice as a mentor sometimes there is a little bit of a boundary Um, you know when especially dealing with younger people you know you're not going to talk about your deepest, darkest secret with a 12-year-old. <laughs> or like, but you can talk about, you know, I was lonely or I was depressed yeah. or like this is what I was going through. Kind of speak on a um, more general, what was the underlying issue? And sometimes talking about the behavior, what, over, what came out of that um, isn't as helpful. But speaking about the underlying issue can be helpful and can be kind of that boundary where uh, it it can open up a door to um, deeper and and further discussion. Um, So yeah, I think there are some boundaries when it comes from the mentor sharing, um, but not always. It depends on the relationship and and what, how comfortable you are with that person and and your relationship with them. Um, But that's a good there there are certain boundaries or there are certain things as a leader that you don't always yeah. share yeah um and, and again some of that's context you know if i'm in a small group of people that i don't fully know or trust there's a certain level there of like well i don't really know you that well but i know you know this person who knows that and it could if yeah. word gets out or whatever who knows what that could do depending on what you're sharing so um there are some boundaries potentially but it, it, it can be hard to balance. If you ever do struggle with like, do I get specific or how specific do I get? I think a safe place to be is here's the underlying issue. Here's what I'm dealing with. Um, and not necessarily maybe talk in detail about the actual behavior that yeah. might be coming from that. Many, many times I think some t- um, as the mentor, maybe not many times, but I think this can happen is that 
the mentee, you have to do that with the mentee of okay, because mm-hmm. they they're not really, you know, they they talk about all the problems that are going on, mm-hmm. but but as a mentor, I think it's important to say okay, then how are we? What is the bottom? Mm-hmm. What it what? How can we? We're talking about everything that's going on, but what what's 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 uh, at the root of it? Yeah, root. Yeah. What's at the what's facilitating this mm-hmm. behavior? Mm-hmm. Because we can point to problems all day long, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but but as to but we don't know what the root is, and getting underneath and saying what is the root is mm-hmm. a very important. Yeah, yeah. The, the there's got to be some sort of clever saying <laughs> about addressing the the problem or the deeper issue as opposed to just what's what's the behavior. So. Yeah. Uh, and that can be hard. It can be hard yeah, to, to yeah. pinpoint what that is. And, um, but that's where Christ changes us, is, yeah. is at the root and at, at a soul and spiritual level. And so we can try to fix the behavior modification and be like, well, you know, turn off your phone or don't watch that TV show yeah. or don't hang out with that person or don't go to that party. Those are all kind of behavior modifications and it can be helpful but if you're not really getting to the root of why are you going to that party or yeah. why are you looking at your phone for so long or whatever, um, it becomes not as transformational and just becomes more of a burden. Of like, man, I gotta really have really deep self-control. Um, but a disciple or a mentor will help you understand, okay, maybe you're lonely or maybe you're just distracted or bored with life or maybe you feel like you have to be accepted by everyone Jesus can give you purpose mm. Jesus can uh, he accepts you as you are you know it's those are where Christ comes in and really changes who we are instead of what we do and then as we change as people that that changes our action so that's yeah that that's yeah. where the Christ comes in you know, otherwise you're just going to a counselor, and those aren't bad. But I'm, but yeah. don't hear me say that. But I, I yeah. do think that Christ is is what changes us. Um, so um, yeah, I think that's all I have to say about this. Yeah, <laughs> um, this is going to be a and take your time. You can take yeah. your time with this mm-hmm. question because mm-hmm. uh, this this will be a broad question. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to leave it at this, guys and girls. Uh, I'll give a little bit more context, mm-hmm. but but I've heard several. I've heard several people like, you know, especially in a boyfriend girlfriend relationship, mm-hmm. I can mentor him mm-hmm. or her, mm-hmm. um, and that's probably a little bit out of con- not out of context, but I think about um, you know the the difference that we need to separate. And how can we separate? Because there, I mean, there are some things that are, you know, co- co-ed comes to mind, but that's mm-hmm. not the right word. Mm-hmm. But then how can we, okay, then this is something we need to, we need to say, not say, but how do we, mm-hmm. for, for just guys only or, or just girls only? Yeah. Because there are some things that I think mm-hmm. sometimes need to be separated. Yeah. I think it's important to have a little bit of both, you know, that you do learn yeah. from everyone. Yeah. And so you, you hear from other people's perspectives and it can be helpful to have times when you are learning and leading and um, learning from the opposite gender or leading the opposite gender or whatever that might be. But there, you, there's a lot that comes from learning together in groups uh, of boys and girls and so there there is that you know but there are certain contexts and certain conversations that probably should be broken into guys and girls and um I also think that there's just a certain level of openness when you're with just guys or when you are just with girls you know you can you feel a little bit safer to talk about whatever it is you're going through. Yeah. Uh, and so 
if it's just a Bible study, or just a Bible study, <laughs> if it's a Bible study and it's very intentional sure. with like, you know, here's the, the five questions that we're going to answer about Romans chapter eight. Yeah. Generally speaking, that conversation is not going to go into right. life issues, um, but it's going to be informational and learning. And so those, those types of uh, relationships or, or studies don't necessarily have to be broken up into guys and girls, yeah. but if you're going through a study on purity or a study on just relationships, um, even there's some biblical studies about manhood and womanhood, and yeah. uh, those are opportunities to maybe dive into uh, gender specific groups um so it's a both and with that and i think it just takes a little bit of discernment with understanding okay what's what's the conversation that can come from this and uh a lot of youth groups or a lot of even young adult studies or whatever sometimes they'll do a little bit of both where it's like a large group conversation and then you break up into guys and girls groups and and i think that those can be healthy yeah so it's it's a mixed bag, but I think generally speaking, it's a both. And I prefer if you have the opportunity to get into guys, and or you know separate them. I think more times than not, that's going to be more beneficial. People are going to be more open. The conversation can generally get a little bit deeper, and and that's what you want from a relationship, a discipling relationship. I will say one of the hard things about especially if it's a one-on-one boyfriend-girlfriend or even just friend-guy-girl relationship is spirituality is just pretty intimate. You know, it's, you really get to know the other person and that knowledge can be, uh, it can be helpful, but it can also be hurtful, hurtful if you don't have the right boundaries in place. You know, it can take that relationship to the next level and depending on where you're at in that relationship, that next level might not be the best thing or what is is required of that that relationship. So yeah. hopefully that makes sense. Um, so boundaries when it comes to a one-on-one type of Bible study or uh, yeah. relationship with the opposite gender is, generally speaking, you're going to get to know that person pretty well. And that could be interesting <laughs> yeah uh, if, it, if there aren't boundaries in place yeah um, this just popped in my brain as well but I, I think um, how can as as guys because we are I think in our culture that we're getting it's getting better mm-hmm. but you know guys are very um, tough we're mm-hmm. tough mm-hmm. we are mm-hmm. uh, we're very we're strong mm-hmm. and um how can we, because, you know, you see a guy drowning. Do you need help? No, no, I'm all right. <laughs> but you're drowning. How can we, as, as I, I guess, as a, a guy, uh, one-on-one, but as guys as a group, too, how can we, uh, I guess this is more of the mentee part of it, or, or mentor, both. How can we uh, know that, um, that it's not just okay we're we're strong but there is some we need to open mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. i don't know really what the question is yeah. but how how can we facilitate uh, mm-hmm. have that okay cuz i think personally we 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 need to be open mm-hmm. and and sometimes the toughness can get in the way mm-hmm. and um and so how can we be a, how can we see I really don't know yeah well I think are you it sounds like you're asking how can we create a safe place for guys to feel vulnerable yeah. or to be authentic with their struggles and um, that's that's hard you know yeah. that it's gonna be a challenge and it's gonna take a lot of trust if you can build trust with people and um, some of that comes through with sharing your own vulnerabilities like I mentioned a little bit earlier but 
also if you can build trust in other ways, you know, serving together or um, reaching out to those people outside of a small group, um, showing that you care. Uh, and sometimes it's not confessing something to the group, but maybe in a text or an email or yeah. DM or whatever of, hey, I'm struggling with that too. Or like, hey, I, if you ever need to talk about something, let's, you know, you, I'm, I'm available. And so just being available can be helpful and, and showing up outside of uh, the, the normal context can mm-hmm. build that trust. And when, you, when you're trusted, people will share and people will open up. And um, developing that trust within the group is important too. Again, it kind of goes back to developing just those expectations of, yeah. you know, this is pretty common, but what, what's said here stays here. And, and yeah. you know, we're going to honor each other in that way. And so building, building the trust within the group, but also on an individual level outside of the group can be helpful. That is so good. I want to talk about this a little bit, or maybe a lot, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, sad, it's sad to say, but sometimes relationships do not, mm-hmm. st- relationships mm-hmm. end. Mm-hmm. And uh, it would be great if if the relationship, if both ends, they were mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. this is done. Mm-hmm. We had a good run, but... Mm-hmm. We don't like each other anymore. No, but or or we we're just this is just coming to an end. Yeah. But and that would be great. But it, mm-hmm. it I have seen and I don't know, mm-hmm. but I have seen where it's like usually one side is like okay, we're mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. This is the end, and the other side is like, what happened? Right. What's yeah. going on? Yeah. So um, I guess speaking in for both ways. Mm-hmm. How do you know that you mentioned a little bit, but how do you know that it's over mm-hmm. and then for the other side, how can you accept mm-hmm. okay this this is over yeah I think one of the this is where it gets kind of weird for me, but when it comes to a mentor mentee relationship is you want it to be super relational, you want to connect, but I also think that if you're really being intentional about the relationship and really labeling it as a mentor-mentee relationship, I think it can be helpful to almost lay out, not a contract, but like, hey, this is, let's meet once a month, let's be intentional or intentional about when, where, what we're gonna talk about, and after three visits or three times together or after a year, let's evaluate. You know, is this something that's helpful? Are we connecting? Is this something that we want to pursue or continue to, to go with. I've had um, a couple mentor relationships or mentoring relationships where um, I was with a, a kind of a student or a young adult and he just was late to every time we were supposed to meet. And I, I just said, you know what, this isn't gonna work. Like I'm taking time out of my week, my day, whatever to meet with you yeah. and you're showing up late or not showing up at all. I have to remind you 10 minutes after we're supposed to meet, hey. And so I ended the rela- the mentoring mm-hmm. relationship. We still were familiar with it. We still went to the same church. We still talked. <laughs> but the mentoring relationship yeah. was over because I'm not going to spend my time waiting for him. Yeah. Um, so if you're going to be very intentional with a mentor relationship or with a mentoring relationship, I would suggest putting some time frames or some uh, specifics to it. Um, you know, uh, so I feel like in some ways, even with you, Joseph, like I feel a little bit like a mentor, but we're not intentionally yeah. getting together once a month to mentor this relationship. So if all of a sudden... I was like, you know what, Joseph, we shouldn't talk anymore. (laughs) You would be like taken back. Like, what's going on? Like, what do I do? Um, And so it can be helpful to put in some of those uh, uh, time frames or or things. Um, So there's that. There's that kind of formal part of a mentoring relationship, discipling relationship that can be helpful when it comes to ending 
or continuing a relationship is if you click set clear expectations mm. from the beginning yeah it can be like okay this is what we expected this is what happened do we want to pursue or continue this relationship if it's yes then great if not then it's clear yeah. and it's done and hopefully it helps break that or helps make that uh, break a little bit easier but uh, uh you know kind of the informal kind of relationship kind of like what you and i have that's a little bit different and that would be a little bit harder to kind of end yeah <laughs> um and so i don't necessarily see uh i don't see a great way of yeah. how that's gonna end that's yeah. just gonna be a, a tough conversation <laughs> of hey you know we're this just isn't working. Yeah. You know, I don't want to spend any more time with you. I've got other relationships I'm pouring into, yeah. whatever. That's hard. And so I don't really have great advice for yeah. ending that type of relationship other than just uh, be delicate, be candid, um, and try not to break the other person's soul. Yeah. <laughs> um, but again, that's kind of where if, you, if you're really intentional with a, a relationship, it's helpful to put it in those, those time frames. Um. Yeah. Any follow up? Did I? You feel like I answered that? Or is there something I missed? With yeah, that? That, that was good. I. To, um. You mentioned it, but if you say you can say no, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But if, but, um, talk about because you talked about the mentor. Mm -hmm. But and I want to I want to talk about the mentee mm -hmm. relationship on the the informal side. Mm -hmm. How. Not really, bounce back's not the right word. Mm -hmm. But how can we, because mm -hmm. that person has been left, mm -hmm. I trusted this mm -hmm. person, hurt. Mm -hmm. How can we, as as people, that individual, yeah. how can we move on and be like, you know, because that could, can, should I, can I trust anybody? Mm -hmm. What's what's going to happen with my other relationships? Mm -hmm. Talk about that, you know, how how can the individual move on, mm -hmm. so to speak? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. I think there's probably some self-reflection that could be helpful. Of, mm -hmm. Okay, what is... It, was I, like with the example I gave earlier, am I late to everything? It, how does that communicate respect and honor towards a relationship? What, does, what can I do to uh, be more... Um, respectful of other people's time if that's the case then that's that's a little bit of a, of a self-reflection and can be helpful um it can still be hard <laughs> of like oh man i lost a good relationship or someone i respected uh the bounce back would be tough um know that you that doesn't make you a failure or like it just means that that relationship didn't work out there's a hundred you'll have a, a dozen or more relationships that just don't connect and you're gonna have that in life. And so accepting a little bit of just general facts of life of I'm not gonna connect with everyone. Yeah. And that's just the fact of life. And so trying to continue to move on and find someone else that you can relate to or that uh, it does have the time potentially or whatever it might be. Um, identify you know okay what what role did I play in this yeah. what role do I need from the next person and then just you know try to move on and, and keep going and and don't see yourself as a failure just because one relationship yeah didn't work out um, and so just continuing to trust that God will bring someone new into your life to to help you develop and to grow and to you know, just keep leading you forward. It's going to. All right, I just have one more question. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of, it's not a resolve question, but. Because mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think this is just, pro, you know, this is not a how to, mm -hmm. step one, step mm -hmm. two. And this mm -hmm. is not a, you know, there there is some resolve you talked about, but there's not a, okay, this is not. Something that's just like a, uh, a thirty minute show that will mm -hmm. come to an end. But mm -hmm. I do want to talk about one more thing. Mm -hmm. How can we, as a mentor mentee, um, 
how can we be not clingy mm-hmm. um, in the relationship? Mm-hmm. And especially, I think if if you if you have because you you put that one relationship above a lot of your others, mm-hmm. and you have that you know that one. How how can we? How can people not be clingy and think mm-hmm. that? And by clingy, I mean like you know. Hot, hold this relationship up and uh, and have this as like okay um, I want to be with this person all the time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know <laughs> might want to Cut that out. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's that's hard. I mean, just relationships in general, yeah. no matter who it's with or whatever, there there is going to be some challenges, and so uh, understand that first of all is like, all right, there are going to be some challenges, and uh, in, in any relationship, I think just setting clear boundaries and expectations. I kind of touched on that a little bit, but. To prevent some of the clinging, it kind of depends on the type of mentoring relationship. And so, um, at some point, maybe that mentoring relationship is just a friendship. <laughs> and at that point, then it's just a matter of navigating and uh, talking about that relationship for what it really is. And it's just a friendship. And if if you feel like that friendship is taking too much of your time, then that's just a, a, a tough conversation that you've got to have with that person and say, hey... You know, I've got a lot of things going on, or maybe just you know, this isn't the the time we're spending together. Just a little too much. I, I appreciate your friendship, but um, there's other things that are on my agenda, or other things yeah. that uh, areas in my life where I want to spend some time. And so, uh, just having that tough conversation. Um, but yeah, again, I, I would just say going into a, a more of a specific mentor mentee relationship. Setting clear expectations from the beginning is going to be the most helpful way to continue a relationship with with that person or to end a relationship with that person. If the expectations are clear up front, even within small groups, a lot of times they have a beginning and an end. You know, you're you're going to be in that small group for an eight week study, or you're going to be in that stu- that small group for a semester. And if you like it, or if the relationships are strong, then you join the next semester. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. so there's expectations and a clear end and a clear beginning um, within those within that context. And so I recommend the same sort of thing when it comes to mentoring and uh, having a that sort of relationship or discipleship relationship. Um, so yeah. Yeah, that, that's all well, I that got was for good. that one, man. No, that was good. No, because because that is is tough because mm-hmm. because um, and, and and it's not intentional. I don't think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. being clingy is not. Mm-hmm. If that's your intention, I I don't know what's mm-hmm. going on. Right. But it, clinginess, I think, it can be a personality mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. or it's just something that you you're just so drawn to. Mm-hmm probably not the best example but I think of Jesus how mm-hmm. people just cling to mm-hmm. him and mm-hmm. wanted to be around him all the time mm-hmm. and that's good but there are other people there are other things right that, that you need to go and do and um, but no you did answer that yeah. that was good just having boundaries in any yeah. relationship yeah. is important and being able to commu- communicate that uh, in a way that is not hurtful is really a, a hard s- skill that most of us need to learn uh, to some degree of like how do I navigate this relationship uh, especially ones that might be a little bit more unhealthy or whatever um, <laughs> th- those relationships are hard navigating any relationship is, is a challenge um, so yeah there, I think there's a book called Crucial Conversations I haven't read it. I've heard it's really good. So if you're interested in how to have those sorts of tough conversations with people, I've, I know that that one's highly recommended. There's one by Henry Cloud called Boundaries. 
that one's pretty common and pretty popular when it comes to setting boundaries with people um, in your relationships. And so there, there are resources and books out there, and I'm sure there's podcasts and stuff too that will help yeah. understand, okay, if I'm dealing with a clingy person, if I'm dealing with a manipulative person or uh, someone that's abusive, maybe not physically, but verbally yeah. bullied to some extent, uh, setting boundaries is going to be an important part of any relationship. So. Well, let me say this about you. I said it behind your back, and I'll say it in front of your face. Um, that, well, before that, there is hardly anybody that I talk to that in the youth group or in the church that when you and, you, and Carly, too, when your names comes up, oh, oh, they're so good. <laughs> they are, and and uh, just as a just speaking for me now, I think uh, you know you are you have become a mentor to me, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know how to you know how to I I probably said this to you before, but you know how to make small talk, mm-hmm. and I think that is very important, mm-hmm. especially in a in a group of younger people and and. Uh, middle school and high school, you know how to ask questions that are not just, how are you? Mm-hmm. But you know how to go, okay, how's school? How, and you know how to listen mm-hmm. and, say, and, and pick up on what their interest is. Mm-hmm. And that is a gift because not everyone can, can do that. And, cause not, and not everyone can listen. But you know how to do that well. And so I want to tell you that on camera... And, and in front of your face. Well, I appreciate that, Joseph. I think uh, I appreciate your courage. I think you're one of the bravest people I know. And I know that that may sound interesting to you, but I think you're one of the bravest people I know. And I think that uh, your willingness to be who you are and to ask the questions that a lot of people aren't willing to ask makes you very unique. I appreciate you a lot. Well, thank you so much for doing this today. You could, uh, there's a lot of things you could have done, but you chose to take this time and do this today. Thank you so much. Anytime.